Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is a world great morning, great morning, great morning. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Culture Call. Welcome, welcome to the Culture Call. It is indeed the place where Tuscaloosa meets the world. And guess what? For the next two hours, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be right here talking a little bit about everything from society to sports, education to economics, and definitely from religion to relationships. And as always, we are here to create a safe space to have empowering, provocative, yes, and sometimes even controversial conversations. Yeah. And guess what? You can learn right here with me as we share together right here on The Culture Call. Want to say a shout out and welcome to all of you who are new to Culture Call. Maybe you, someone told you about it. Maybe you're just passing by and you heard this voice. Guess what? I want to welcome you to The Culture Call family. This, Listen, I'm telling you, we are so appreciative to have you and especially those of you who listen to me every day. That's right. Every day. I want to send a special appreciation to you and know that your listening means so much to me. And uh, yeah, so we're going to keep it right here together as we learn on the Culture Call. Guess what? I want to send a special shout out to Brother Jay, who keeps it hot. That's right, in the best and in inspirational gospel music. I tell you, I, every day I tell y'all, he hands me that baton and he cuts up so bad. And I tell you, I am so appreciative to him for making this job just a little easier. That's right. Making it, I don't have to stir no fire. It comes in blazing. So shout out to Brother Jay. Absolutely. Listen, thank you guys for praying for me. I've been dealing with a little vocal challenges, and uh, uh, fortunately, it's not polyps or nodes. My voice is my moneymaker. It's what I do on the daily, so I got to take care of it. And so, yeah, uh, I finished on Sunday, and it just was not feeling right. I've been working the entire week before we had been in a conference at the church and just, yeah, talking, talking, talking. And I just felt something. And no, actually, it was just a little case of acid reflux, and it's kind of got that under control. You got to be careful. Those of you who are singers and preachers, your voice is important. So make sure you take care of yourself. And um, I've had I've had nodes before. So I was hoping and praying, goodness gracious, because that's a six-week, you know, our operation, six-week vocal rest or operation. I was really hoping that I didn't have to do that. But I am appreciative to all of you guys who were praying and telling me to rest I really sincerely appreciate all of that. And to all of my team that took care of the of the uh, culture call while I was out a couple of days, kind of just resting and chilling out. Yeah, uh, I want to appreciate that. Staying off of hot sauce and tomatoes. Yeah, listen, we can go down the list, but I appreciate absolutely each and every one of you for doing your part and making sure L stays healthy, keeps my voice right so I can continue to talk to all of y'all every day. Listen, listen, I want to encourage you to go ahead to your uh, app store on your Android or your Apple device. Yeah, go ahead and search out Praise 93.3 FM and there you will find our free 99 app. That's right, download it. 
to your phone. Download it to your phone. And guess what? You can hear me. Once you download it, you can tune in. You can hear me from wherever you are all around the world and definitely all around the country. Yeah. Uh-huh. From Miami, Florida, Atlanta, GA, from Dallas, Texas, and even right here, right here, uh-huh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and all of the surrounding areas, Birmingham, uh, Huntsville. Yeah, you can hear me in Mobile, Montgomery. You can hear me all there. That's right. And all the spaces in between, you can hear the culture call. Thank you so very much for doing that. Listen, also want you all to send me your uh, your public service announcements and events. This is the Yuletide season. That's right. We're in the season uh, of great cheer, right, and joy. So we want you to do that. Send it to me at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. And give me an opportunity to tell Lottie, Dottie, and everybody, that's right, to come to your event, whether it's your church, your uh, fraternity, your sorority, whether you're an artist having a concert, maybe you're having a Christmas concert or something like that, or you're doing a Christmas revival as a preacher, it doesn't matter. We want you to do that. That's again, culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, The Culture Call, and send me a message of your events. You can do that as well. Yeah, I think that will be great. So I can announce them. This and this is free. This is free marketing. This is free PR. Otherwise, you'd have to call and buy some radio time. But guess what? You don't have to do it if you go ahead and send me uh, those things at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. And I want everybody to know what's happening. You know why? Because we do it better when we do it together. That's right. That's my little piece in your program. Since you won't invite me. <laughs> to MC or whatever. Nonetheless, I can be a part of your program if you send it in. Yeah, yeah send it in to me. Again, one more time, culturecall.praise at gmail.com or you can send it via Facebook, The Culture Call. Follow us and you'll be able to message us your flyers and your announcements. And of course, as always, keep this number on your refrigerator or close to your phone, 205-752-4800. Uh, That's 205-752-4800. And you can call into the show and be a part of the conversation. Well, L, I missed a couple of shows. Guess what? W Fred, you can go to Apple Podcasts and type in Culture Call and you can catch all of the past uh, archived shows and events that we've done. So good. We got you covered all the way around. Yes, definitely. You don't have to miss a single solitary thing. Okay, good deal. Do me a favor. Sit back and relax. Uh, grab you some coffee. You know how we do it, Maxwell House or Starbucks. Uh, we get, do some herbal tea, some chamomile. Uh, if you're trying to calm down and be at peace, kind of mellow out. I've uh, been working the night shift. Or you can get you some green tea. You know, you can get it flavored now. Yeah, you can get a little caffeine kick. Definitely, you can get some alkaline water to detox that body, get all that bad stuff out and energize those cells and get hydrated. And guess what? Let's get into the culture. You all have been hitting me up with a whole lot of stuff. And man, it's so much to talk about. Are y'all paying attention to the news? There's a whole lot going on, and um, we're going to talk about that. I think I'm going to incorporate a co uh, current event section uh, every day so we won't miss it. I want you to know what's happening in our community and what's going on that pertains to our community because there's a whole lot going on, especially in this political season. Everybody is trying to get some things done because we're in the end of the year, and they're trying to, uh, I guess, make names for themselves 
as we roll into January 2024. And guess what? Yeah, because it's a political season, it's the shifting of governments, the shifting of order, the shifting of policy. We really need to pay attention. You know, uh, uh, why, why? Why do we need to pay attention? Glad that you asked. We need to pay attention because people are going to be offering you things, offering our community things, saying things and, and you know, try get us excited because ultimately uh, they want our participation in them being voted in. Okay, and one of the things that I want to make sure we, we do that we pay attention and that we discern, we discern exactly who needs to be our leaders. You know, in Texas right now, uh, there was a woman that was pregnant and her baby has a an incurable rare disease that was definitely going to end its life. And she was seeking a medical emergency and the lower court had given her that special uh emergency surgery so that she could get an abortion if that you know for that she could get life saving up op- a life saving operation right uh when you diminish it simply down to a, uh, an abortion i think you missed the context of what's going on well the attorney general uh ken paxton in texas uh took it to charged her and said that she did she, she was going to uh be incarcerated she was going to, he was going to prosecute her took it all the way up to the Texas Supreme Court where they had radical judges and said that she had to keep that baby even at the risk of losing her own life they did something they re, they they reversed the rule and the law that they said was on the books to prove a political point right and so she had to move to another state and you know people were all online fussing about it cuz i was checking it out and i simply tweeted i said hey here's the deal y'all you, you, you can fuss and you can rant and you can rave now. But guess what? You keep voting. You keep voting those people in. You keep doing it. Yeah. You keep doing it. And I was especially talking to women because the law actually affects them. That law doesn't affect men. Right? There are men who are voting and making policy about women's bodies. Right? Which, of course, that still is a view to keep women as property. But nonetheless, you keep voting these same people in. And then when your life takes a turn, you find out that your vote comes back to bite you. Your choice comes back to devour you, right? And so we've got to be thinking holistically now. Sometimes we think about, you know, I'm going to vote this way because this thing is going to hurt these people, right? That, that you don't understand that the hole you dig in the boat to sink me, guess what? You and I are on the same boat, and, but but your life just hasn't haven't turned hasn't turned that way, and her life turned that way, yeah, and yeah, and so she had to go to a whole nother state to just get life saving operations. So there's a lot going on, but but we're not paying attention. So it's easy to fuss after you put people in because they're going to come to you shaking the Jesus banner and the Christian banner and they're going to misinterpret scripture. They're going to twist it, right? They're going to manipulate and, and you know, snatch, uh, better yet, you know, I'm trying to say it in a nice way, but manipulate your choices and decisions to put them in office because all really, they're not caring about people. They're looking, a lot of them are looking at power. And so you need to understand that. You need to understand that. And we always give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes it's, th- it's time to stop doubting. You know, Dr. Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. I love that particular quote. 
from Maya Angelou. She says, when somebody shows you who they are, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to extrapolate. You don't have to interpolate. You don't have to go through your 40 days of fasting and you don't have to pray and ask God. No, they're telling you exactly who they are. Believe them. Because you go ahead and say, oh, that person is this and that person is that. And they're clearly showing you that they're not. But you're like, oh, they can't be that bad until they show you that they are that bad. Better yet, until their bad has a direct uh, effect on your life. And so, so far, I don't know what it is about our country. I don't know what it is sometimes even about our people that refuse to see who people really are. And uh, and then we put them in public office and put them in policy making. And then when they turn, yeah, when they turn, then we're fussing. They don't use the fuss. I'm telling you, get ready. Get ready because you know they're coming. You know what they're saying. You know what they've done and all of that. I also want to talk about as we move into the new year, you know, how much power the president does not have. That's why on one side, we're blaming an, an, a, a, a president because of the things that a Congress did not do and that the Supreme Court overturned. Go back and take civics. Civics tells us, watch this, civics tells us that there's, there's three bodies, right? The executive branch, uh, the legislative branch was the Congress, and there is the judicial branch was the Supreme Court that literally governs. The president does not govern by himself, herself. So you're fussing at President Biden, you're fussing at this one, and that one is say, how come he didn't do it? Was it's not him? He does not, he can suggest it, he can put it forth, but there is it's the people who we're sending. It's the people that we sent Tommy Tuberville to to the Congress. That's what we did. And he was holding up military uh, appointments in a time when the world is in upheaval at war, he was trying to make a personal political point. And holding up military appointments. That wasn't President Biden. Right. That that to protect women's bodies and affirmative action and the Voting Rights Act, that was not President Biden. That was the Supreme Court. You see? So we gotta get we gotta get some basic civics understanding. That's why I tell people voting for a third party candidate and they don't have any Senate or any congressman, what is that gonna do? That is just an idealistic vote. That's not going to do anything, anything. And we're in a generation where that they don't teach physics. I mean, not physics, but civics in school anymore. They don't teach that anymore. So you got a whole lot of people, get him out of order, get him, get him out of office. And this other man is trying to tell you, listen, from day one, I'm going to, I want to be a dictator like my friends. I want to be able to control everything. I want to use the power to turn on people, to punish my enemies. He's telling you that. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Or let's vote for somebody who has no power, who has no chance of even winning. That's the mindset. That's a deleterious mindset because we're not paying attention, right? And so in this year, I think we really, really need to pay attention to what's going on because there's a whole lot going on. And then I have a, a sector of people saying, hey, how are you doing with the grief over holidays? I know you just lost your mom uh, a, a year ago, and, and I know holidays have been are very sensitive. I actually, absolutely they have been. And uh, you know, uh I've been I've been navigating. And those who are just who've lost people, I've had a lot of them. You know, I'm writing a book now, uh, talking about child left behind, and I'm talking about in the book when uh children who have left both who's lost who've lost both parents, 
uh, parents to death. Um, that's a unique situation. That's a unique mentality and a unique attitudes. And nothing brings it up more like um, the holidays. Yeah, that nothing brings it up more like the holidays. And so a lot of you have been asking me, could you do a show on, you know, grief and things of that nature? And of course, I think I've done already two or three shows this year on grief, but I get it. The holiday grief is a different kind of situation. Uh, so I understand. Holiday grief is a different kind of situation. And, you know, it really takes a community to help you make it through uh, that, that kind of mode. It really takes uh, a family of understanding that helps you, you know, deal with the pain and deal with the hurt and keep you in celebration mode. You know, this is the time of year when, you know, as an approach, if I can be honest, I felt kind of a little guilty. I felt a little guilty because I was I was happy and I was cheerful and I had joy and I was celebrating, but but I, I kept thinking, my your mind is something else, y'all. That mind, I know a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. That mind had me just picturing scenes from my parents' homegoing service and all of the, you know, all of the drama around that time. My dad uh in December and my mom in, in March, April. And, you know, all those kinds of time, that those times and just kind of all that. Your mind keeps telling you, you don't have a right to be happy. You don't have the right to be joyous. And it can really be a difficult time for people to navigate. I want to stress right here um, uh, today to be sensitive to people who are around you. And, you know, if in reality, there is no time. There is no time and or timing uh, that you can that you're expected to get over grief, right? Um, you know, that, that, that this is a challenging time. This is a challenging time. And when you open up social media and you look at it, you see so many people, you know, passing away, transitioning this time of year. And, you know, uh, my, my grandparents used to say at the end of the year, November, December, it's like the earth kind of, you know, picks and chooses who it wants to move out and, you know, and I, I never really understood that. But the older that I've gotten, there might be something to it. I Don't ask me because I don't have it figured out yet. I don't understand the science, if there is any to, to that. But one of the things I can say is that we cannot make it alone. We cannot make it alone in this season, right? And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I pray that we are holding each other close we're holding each other tightly over in Palestine. Uh, there, there are people who are mourning. I'm talking about in the birthplace of Christ. Um, that there are people mourning the lost. And then you have you have a country, Israel, that's not stopping. There's like, yo, we there ain't gonna be no ceasefire. We just and I, I don't I'm not clearly understanding what 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 the motivation well, I do understand what the motivation there is, but the reality. The reality is that all over the world, people are experiencing heaviness. How do you combat heaviness during the holidays? How do you combat hurt and grief and that kind of pain when you consistently see it? It's almost a part of our community. It's almost a part of, of you know, it's almost a part of our day-to-day living. And one of the things that I have to tell you, Culture Call, is we have to make sure we do not normalize that kind of egregiousness, we do not normalize that kind of 
uh, uh, pain, that kind of uh, dystopian view of living. That we can't, we can't normalize the guns and the smoke and seeing children dying and are in the hospital and all of that. That, that it, and here's the deal. I think sometimes, you know, the way that we have been taught in this Western theological context and the way that we've been taught to believe is we, we's like, oh, these are the signs of the times. You know, he's soon to come. Every time there's a time like this, we all he's always soon to come. And although I believe in the, uh, the second coming, the second advent of Christ, I think sometimes we can put too much... Uh, uh, pseudo-spirituality on it that we fail to recognize. No, these are really, this is really the decision of men that we put in power. That these are the decisions of people who have always had been radicalized in their hearts. And it's nothing that that is, you know, we like, well, God puts up one and sets down another. But here it is. We're thinking from a theocracy, a theocratic mindset that God is orchestrating all of this solitarily by himself. But, comma, that, 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 that's not true. That, that's not totally true. That is not even true scripture. The scripture says you've got a choice. You choose. You choose. I'm going to set before you life and death in my sovereignty, but you choose life or death. And then he says choose life that it can go well with you and your children. And so we're sitting in the framework of the choices that we have made. Let me say that again, that each and every one of us, you know, sit in some kind of way in the framework, in the world of the, of the decisions and the choices that we have made. That's right. That when you see wars and rumors of wars and all of that, I know what the text says in Matthew. I understand all of that. Here is the reality though, that if we're going to apply that even to modern times, because when Jesus said that, especially in the Matthew text, there's a whole empire, there's a whole thing, a whole backdrop that's going on in the Matthew text, right? That, that, that's important. But, but aside from that, aside from that, these people, when you see it, especially in the modern context, have made a decision. They made a decision, and here it is, they're here, here it is, they're using or attempting to use religious connotations and religious kinds of prophetic definings to, to, uh, to, to ordain or to assuage their conscience of the choices that they make. You see, when you make a choice to hurt somebody, that's your choice. That's on you. When you make a decision to be sad, to be... To, to, to be grievous and to consistently mourn. That's a choice you make it. Uh, did, did the event happen? Yes. Did your parents pass away? Yes. Is your child incarcerating? Maybe so. Did you get a bad report from the doctor? Absolutely. Are they bombing, the, uh, releasing bombs all over the world? Yes. Is your job cutting back? That might be so. But how you get, to, how you choose to view it how you choose to respond to it is your choice. And so when someone say, well, can you, talk, can you talk about grief? Can you talk about that? Yes, well, I'm going to talk about that, but I want to talk about it from this vantage point. It's your choice. It's, it's, your, your, it's your choice. I get, the, I get the missingness. I get the loneliness. 
because I was my parents' caregiver. I, yeah, I, I was, whatever they needed, I, I was there to get it. And so when that has been taken away or that is no longer there, you know, you got to find a way or decide to find a way and, and take an opportunity now to release you to walk in a new freedom. Because I know that that's what my parents would want me to do. Yeah, that's what they would want me to do. So it's the decisions. What are your end of the year decisions looking like? Right? What are your end of the year decisions looking like? What are the choices that you're making? Already. I know we normally do this in New Year's. No, don't, no, do it now. Choose ye this day. Right? Multitudes in the valley of decisions. <laughs> right? You got to decide some things. You know, you got to decide some things. I was talking to a, a group the other day, and I was telling them, you know, everything is about a decision. I choose all of my children are, will be home. They, they're adults now, but I, there is something that my wife and I, some kind of joy. There's something about parents that when all your children are in the house, it puts you to a whole nother level of thinking. Now I'm back to mm, what I'm cooking this week, what I'm cooking this Sunday, you know. I don't get a chance to cook throughout the week like I used to, but what am I cooking this Sunday? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having a house of them, you know, laughing and fussing sometimes. and doing, I'm looking forward to that, right? Right? Now, I could be, I could be just shut up in my room or downstairs and lamenting and being sad about my mom's no longer here and my dad's no longer here, but I know both of them. They would be like, if you don't get out there and enjoy your family, get out there and enjoy your wife, get out there, go back up there and enjoy your kids, find out what's going on in their life, live life, because they've lived their life. They live to be in their, a good old age, close to their 80s, right? My mom didn't quite make it to 80. She was one year away, but she lived a good full life. My dad lived a good full life, right? And so what am I going to do? Lament the life that's no longer there, no longer here, or am I going to make a decision to enjoy the world around me? Am I going to make a decision to say, hey, they will want me to smile. They will want me to encourage other people. You know, yesterday my baby brother had a birthday. This is his last year in his 40s, and he's doing incredible work in the music industry. He's doing incredible work in social justice. He's doing amazing work, you know, and... But it was the same day that, that he, we decided, you know, when my father passed, it was that same weekend that we buried my father. So I want to make sure my, part of my job yesterday as a big brother, you know, is to make sure he's having a great day. Because that I want him to make a decision to, instead of thinking about dad, instead of thinking about mom and who is not here, I want everybody to know he's doing, a, he's, he's done wonderful work. He's got a lot of, he's brilliant, he's intelligent because I want to make a decision to live life to the fullest. He deserves that. And not only does he deserve that, but you must decide that you deserve to live life to the fullest. I know things have happened. I know you might have just be walking, walking out of the greatest heartbreak of your life. But let me encourage you. Listen, it, it may not happen all today, but it must happen. You've got to decide to choose life. You've got to decide to choose joy. You've got to decide to embrace the moments that you have. Because I'm telling you, 
It's a decision that's going to change your life and cause you to frame a world. Yeah, the world that you decide to live in. Listen, we're going to have a great day talking about deciding through the holidays. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today. But I need you to keep it right here. This is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Stay here. Don't miss it. This is a world premiere. And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. Praise 93.3. That's right, your inspiration station. And I'm so super glad that you all are here with me on this morning, taking this journey, talking about decisions, decisions, how we handle, you know, uh, decisions through seasons like this in terms of deciding to not live in grief, not live in anger, not live in hurt. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I, I I thought about as we were talking about this or as we were preparing for the show is that, you know what? Uh, life is title, T-I-D-A-L, title, right? That means life comes at us or we live life in waves, right? <laughs> we live life in waves. That means it's title, right? That that depending on the, the time of day, sometimes tide come, tides come in, it's a low tide, you know, then some days it comes as a high tide. Some days it's the water, the, you know, there's a little wave, a little ripple, you know, and we can relax. And then there are days when the waters are angry, right? And what we must do, what we must do is decide exactly how we choose or how we're going to live our lives through those tidal moments, through those wave moments, right? And, you know, there's some days... You, you can be feeling great some days where your mind is, is you know, hey, at peace and there's joy in your heart and in your spirit. Yeah. And then there are some days you be like, you know what? <laughs> this has got to get up off of me. You, this thing has got to get up. You, yeah. You, you, you feel what I'm saying, right, Coach? You call? Absolutely. Right? But guess what? Guess what? You cannot allow those things, the waves, to determine who you are on the inside. See, a lot of times the boat, you know, does not sink because it's on the water, right? It's on the water. Boat sinks because the water gets into the boat. That's why. That's why you got to decide, okay, I, this, this is a season and I'm going through this moment and I'm having this particular interesting time and... I don't know how to articulate all of my feelings properly. I don't know how to say what I need to say. I don't have anybody really to talk to about it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because I think that's something that our mind kind of tricks us that there's nobody that understands or we don't have anybody to talk to. I think that is a big old fallacy. No, because I think that we've got to decide to allow people into our lives and those people those people, uh, you know, must be discerned. You can't just let everybody, how you doing? Every, you know, there are people that, you know, come up to you, how you doing? And the answer for them, for me, always is, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Even if I'm having the worst day, because what I'm not going to do is share my life with you, because I know that you don't have a Ziploc on your lips. <laughs> I know that everybody's going to know my business. So, yeah, you have to be discerning because, again, you know, that just because life can be interesting sometimes it, you you have to you have to know 
and make a decision. Yeah, there are just certain things are certain barriers and borders and boundaries that I got to set up around myself, right? Um, especially church folks, because they're going to come in the name of the Lord. You know, the Spirit told me. The Spirit the Spirit told me. But now if the Spirit told you to come to me, the Spirit should have told me you was coming, right? So, you know, <laughs> you know we be so happy, happy. To the Spirit told me to say something. To, or the Spirit told me to ask you such and so Told you to ask me? Okay. Yeah. All right. But then I'm going to use my spirit and combat your spirit because I'm not going to let you know my business like that. No, absolutely not. You know, and, uh, you know, you have to keep yourself in a place to say, yeah, however, watch this is the next side of that. But there are also people that God will send, that life will send to you that can be your safe space to really, you know, cause your heart to release some valve, some pressure from from the valves of your heart, right? Your aorta and your ventricle, your valves of your heart, yeah, that that God will give you people uh, that you can really express the trueness and the rawness of your feelings to, so that you can keep keep your head above the waters of the waves, right? And it doesn't matter how old you are. I think when you're older, you, you've been taught to kind of go through it and drudge through it. I knew um, a man; he was a member of our church. He was in his good in his sixties and his seventies. And uh, his his mother had passed, I think, 30, 40 years, but he never got over it because in his mind, he kind of just is, I hate this term, he kind of just sucked it up and just kept moving with life. And I know that was a decision that he made, but he never got freed. And I don't think grief and mourning and things of that nature is something that you ever totally get freed from, you know, because again, I do believe that grief is the cost of loving. If you love somebody, then when they're no longer there, you're always going to, you're always going to grieve them. And that grief can come sometimes in a sudden pain. It can come in a season. So yeah, uh, where you got to make a decision to keep pushing forward. I don't think that you can escape it. I don't think that you should try to escape it because I think it is important, you know, a part of you doing what you've got to do. Uh, in learning how to navigate and create a new life because that's where the decision comes in. That every time we experience, you know, something painful, something hurtful, uh, grief, mourning, every time that we do that, culture call, I think uh, the, the problem is, is that life is offering us a new opportunity to start over in another facet. And it is that starting over that, is, that, that causes the pain. Because we are people who are loyal to the moment. We are people who are loyal to the moment. Yeah, that's what we are. We are people who are in a place in life. We find comfort there. Even if that's, that, 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 that comfort is in pain, even if that comfort is in a season or a cycle of hurt and disappointment, we find we try to find comfort there. And then something happens and we're offered a new opportunity to choose something different that we're not always able to do that. We're not always able to, to embrace that new moment to say, hey, it's time for me to start over again. But everything in nature has to learn to begin again. It has to choose to decide. You know, uh, one of the things that, that I, I, if, if we look at in nature, I know I, I'm a, I am, you know, I do not like snakes. And I know I'm not by myself. I, I'm talking about literally. <laughs> I do not. Snakes of any kind. Now, oh, it's not going to hurt you. Listen, 
Everything is a python. Everything is a boy constrictor to me. <laughs> Every side, you cannot convince me. You know, people put them on them and let them twine around them. And oh, no, absolutely not. Mm -mm, that's just not my wheelhouse. But we can learn something from the life of the snake that as the snake begins to grow, uh, if it's going to maximize its growth or the new season, then it has to shed its old skin. So the way that it does is that that snake has to go through a lot of friction. It has to find a rock to or something rough to rub up against that will help it take that old uh, skin off. It's called molding. Take that old skin off so that, that it can gain new skin so that it can continue to grow, right? And I think that's what the decision is. You got to embrace the new opportunity to take the old season off, to take the old season off so that, yes, you will, I'm not saying to forget. No, because that's what your memories are for. You will always have the memories. It is your choice, however, to put your, keep your memories on the healthy side so you can always choose growth that you should not circumference or, uh, you know, meander around in your mind memories that keep you stunted from possibilities, stunted from growth, stunted from an opportunity to, to be something that you've never been, right? And, you know, in the, name, in the name of a hurtful moment, in the name of grief, in the name of this person or that person, you just stop growing. You stop living. You're just, you're getting older, but you're, you're not living. That you, you died when that person passed away. You stopped living when mama died. You stopped living when daddy died. You know, uh, you know I often tell caregivers that your greatest challenge is not going to simply be let, to be let, to let them go. Your greatest challenge is now, how, what, what life do I establish now that my routine has been broken, this death has broken my routine. I, I knew what I was going to do every day. I knew I was going to go every day. And this, their deaths have, have upended my routine, the thing that I was used to. What do I do now? You know, you feel me? Yeah, what do I do now? And then, then you, get, you have to begin to embrace the opportunities that come without feeling guilty. And let me say this, guilt is going to come. Acknowledge that feeling. Go ahead. It's going to come because I now am taking the energies that I used to have for my parents, or used to have for this person, used to have for the situation, and now life is saying, hey, now it's time to use this energy for something else. Once a person passes away, and my mom used to tell me this, and she wrote books about it. Once a person passes away, no, there's nothing you can do. Now, you can stir around in that moment. You can grieve in that moment. You can cry. You can say why you left me and all those different kinds of things. You can lament their departure. But nothing you can do uh, or nothing you are able to do to reverse that experience. It happened. And it is etched in time. And you have to decide how long the funeral will last for you. You will have to decide that. That's a decision. There it is. That's a choice you got to make because, and life will come to say, hey, now it's probably time to shed the old skin of the old season. That doesn't mean you don't love the person. That doesn't mean that you've forgotten about the person. That doesn't mean 
that you're a bad person because I'm telling you, guilt is a thing. That does not mean that you, you know, you didn't care for them, but there's nothing, I don't care how much of a caregiver you are now. There is absolutely nothing you can do once they leave. You know, I went by my mother's house the other day, you know, this should check on the house. And I, I can remember I passed the Publix and I was tempted to turn into the Publix to go get her groceries because I still have her grocery list in my phone. I haven't taken that out of my phone yet. And I was like, yo, I want to go. I feel like going to get mama some groceries. And I thought about it. You know, I was like, no, I can buy a, the whole store of groceries. It ain't going to benefit her now where, where she is. It's definitely not going to benefit her body. She's in South Carolina. <laughs> you know, he's daddy's in South Carolina. They're together in South Carolina. So I can go buy groceries in Tuscaloosa at the Publix like I would normally do because I didn't want her to just go out, especially when COVID started. I bought her groceries and, and made sure she stayed safe and all of that. I, 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 nothing that can't I can't do any of that now. So there is absolutely nothing you can do that will change the situation. Because I can buy a refrigerator full of groceries and it's not going to affect her. All it's going to do is spoil because I'm buying a present item in honor of a past moment. Let me say that again. I am functioning or buying present groceries trying to honor a past moment, a moment that I I can only recapture in my memories in my mind. So what do I have to decide to do? I've got to decide to drive on past Publix, use the memories of her and I going up and down the, uh, uh, the aisles and or me going up and getting what she wanted, texting her and see this, what she wanted, you know, because she loved Tootsie Rolls and all that. Kind. I can remember all, I, I can use that in my memories to smile and reminisce and even sometimes even miss her, right? But what I cannot do is allow that to be to cause me to be stuck in time to where I do nothing else but lament over an old moment and get stuck right there because there is literally nothing that I can do. And I think we have to stop. One, I think the part, the way that we begin to decide and the way that we begin to move forward is simply say, you know, just tell ourselves the truth, not to have other people tell us. But to tell ourselves the truth, there is nothing I can do now that can change that moment. There is absolutely, literally, nothing I can do now that will change the moment of my mother's and my father's passing. Right? So what do I do? I decide to move on with my life, create, continue to create memories that's apart from them, Remember them, yeah? Live the way and honor their legacy and in, in how I live and how I treat my family and how I celebrate myself, you know? I've got important projects that's a, that are coming up, and this is the first time that I don't have any of my parents to, you know, so, you know, I've got two books coming out, uh, getting ready to come out. I'm finishing both of them. I finished my album, new album, waiting for the new year for um, the, those to release. And so I've got to get my mind wrapped around, hey, you know, they've encouraged me. They've told me what to do. And I know even though in this moment, they may not be able to text me or call me and say, hey, good job. I'm so proud of you, son. I have to take the memories of when they did say it 
and knew how consistent they were. And even in this moment when they are not physically here and say they are proud of me, they would be proud of this particular record. They would be proud of this book and keep moving and keep moving and decide what to keep moving on the waves. I've got to shed that old skin and embrace this new skin so I can still breathe, so I can be happy for my achievement. So, so I can own my own celebration, right? That I cannot sit and simply cry and lament, I wish I could hear from them. That might be a part of it. You know, I may go through a moment of that, but the reality is there is, I have life on this side. Time for me has not stopped on this side like it has stopped for them. And I have to tell myself the truth. I have to be honest with me. And I want to challenge those of you who are struggling in this season. This is what I tell everybody. And it might sound harsh. It might sound hard. It might sound disconnected from, you know, reality. But the reality is you have to tell yourself the truth. Life has changed. And guess what? You must choose and decide to change with it. That's not dishonoring who they are. Let me say this again. That's not dishonoring your child if they passed away. That's not dishonoring your loved one. What that is doing is choosing to honor the moments that you still have. Right? That's choosing to honor the life that you still have to live. That's, yeah, you and I, we have to choose that moment. And sometimes it can, listen, sometimes it can be hurtful. I know it, but you've got to decide, like that snake, to find you that rock and peel off that old skin and embrace the next level opportunity for growth in your life. Because life doesn't stop because you've lost. Life resets itself and says, get back out there, keep living, and continue winning. That's what it says. Culture call, that's exactly what it says. Listen, this is El Spencer Smith right here on The Culture Call, hoping that I'm helping, especially my community, as we navigate this season of grief, you know, in the holidays, but we are deciding to continue to live our best life. Listen, got more to come right here on Praise 93.3 FM, your inspiration station. Stay right here. Don't miss it. This is a world we are back. It's the top of the hour, 11 a.m. and some change right here on The Culture Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith. Praise 93.3, your inspiration station. Glad that you're tuned in today. We're having an amazing conversation about deciding to live. I think that's a good, I think that's a good title. Deciding to live beyond grief. Deciding to live beyond death. Yeah, I think that's really something that we need to really understand how to do in uh, the in these life streets, <laughs> right? Yeah, we need to figure out how to do that. Make sure that we can do that. 205-752-4800, or you can hit me up on the app if you want to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, uh, I know that many of us are, yeah, me, I'm still newly navigating. I'm still newly navigating. And I think one of the worst parts sometimes is people's expectations that I'm going to crumble and I'm going to crush and I'm going to, you know, that 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 I'm not healthily embracing this. And I I'm, I look at that from the perspective of, wait a minute, hold on. I, 
Why would you? Why would you think that? Why would that be your expectation? You know, some people sit back and they watch to see if you're gonna crumble. Oh, he gonna fall out. I know he gonna fall out. You know, and one of the things I think that's so very important um, to me is uh, I had I had parents, especially my mother, but I had parents who prepared us for their passing. You know, especially my mom after that was one of the things she really did after my dad passed away uh, in December of 2015 is that she began to to put her own life in a level of preparing not just herself, but preparing her children, preparing us Um, and not just in her business affairs, not just in insurance policies, but in mentality, you know, uh, that. She didn't just she didn't just want us to walk up on this and boom because you if death here's how here's how I define death death is something that you can prepare for but you're never ready for it right you're never even though you may be prepared or preparing you're never ready until it happens and so you know she had been so busy preparing me and preparing my brothers and my brothers and I. You know, uh, and, and and especially me because I was right here with her. She had been so busy preparing me that even when it happened and they called me into the room, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, they gave us all the the, the, the the prognosis, what may happen, how long, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And, we, we, you know, when it happened, it was still I wasn't ready for it. I was not ready for it. And 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 that's natural because it is, you know, how do you deal with a person that you've known who's given you life and and all of that? How do you see them as no longer a part of this side of time, this part of your world? That was a that it was that moment for me was surreal and a lot for me. It was a a, a big deal for me. And but 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 once I got through that moment, you know. And I started doing what she had prepared me to do. It, it, it brought a level of comfort that, number one, that I was able to make sure that all of her wishes were carried out. You know, the, in other words, I didn't put my wish above hers. This is what I want. No, no, uh-uh. Uh, you know, when my brothers and I, we got together and all of that, you know, we were able to exact upon the moment what she had prepared. Now there were many tears in that moment. There was breakdowns in that moment, but but we were prepared. After we got through each and every moment, we were prepared. Her big thing was make sure number one that y'all stick together, because I just think that's mamas. Mamas, mama wants to make sure that the family sticks together and that you execute how I want it to be done. That you send me away on this level, on this, on this, you know, on this thing, and then y'all keep living. You keep you keep doing X Y Z because she didn't she didn't have an opportunity to have that when when my grandmother passed. I mean, we just received a phone call, you know, and and I don't think my mom had that kind of preparation, neither expectation. So it just hit her all, and she always wanted to make sure that that did not happen to her children. And and so the, now we have to decide as her children what we do with this phase of our lives, you know, as we are getting older, as we are moving toward a more mature life, as we are graying and and all of this, as our children are growing up, 
our job now is to prepare them, not just for that moment, but but make sure that they are they're, they're, they are enjoying life, that they understand what life means, that they're not afraid to make decisions, that they're not afraid to take faith risks, that they are not afraid to, to live out their dreams and to build a legacy for themselves, that they're not afraid to share life with other people, that they're not afraid to start family, right? Uh, because of the, you know, this whole thing that, you know, you know, we, I stay teaching lessons and I know my, my brothers do it well. They, we stay teaching lessons and probably sometimes our children get tired of hearing it, but you know, we, I want to prepare them to decide to continue to always embrace opportunity. And I think that we miss a tremendous moment when we, we get stuck in, in, uh, in a pain, stuck in grief, stuck and not being present to the moment. You know, Coach, you call beloved, you've got to be present in the moment. You've got to be present in the moment. Well, they're gone. You know, I've had people say, I don't know what to do. I was taking care of them. I've been taking care of mama for the last 15, 20 years. Okay, I, un- I promise you, I totally understand. It was my greatest honor to take care of my parents, to move them from South Carolina to Alabama, to see them work with me in ministry. I mean, that 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 has given me more than I could have ever expected as a child for them to call me their pastor and their covering, even as they were my parents, right? To, to see them, to see them honor me and to, that was the greatest joy of my life, right? So I don't have any regret. I have none. And so when I talk to people who, who have been caregivers like I have been, I say, hey, you got to get over that moment because what, what you're trying to say now is, is that you're still trying to figure out, was it worth it? You're still in that, was it, you know, what do I do with my life now? Well, wait a minute, hold on. That was one of your responsibilities. Now it's time maybe to, to care about something else. Number one, care about yourself. You know, care about yourself. Make sure that, make sure that you're doing okay. All of the things that you altered your schedule that you couldn't do at that time or that you negated or whatever, yeah, now now see how you can get back in there and, and cause, you know, life to come back, that you can regain feeling in other areas, that that you can begin to, to see reality for yourself now. There's no guilt in that. There is no, I, I have to tell them because, again, when, when you've been there, the one that's doing it all, I'm especially talking to caregivers now. Once you have talking to, uh, once you have given your life to dedicate that, Right. You have to do that. Why? Because you, if you don't hear me now, I've seen it happen. If you do not, you will turn that 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 the death of your parents into a moment of of of, of misery and, and, you know, uh, against your siblings who were not there. Right. You will use that as a moment of competition. You'll use that as a moment of. I gave up my life while y'all was doing y'all you that you know the narrative. I did all this and you know, you didn't come by and see, you wasn't changing diapers, you weren't washing them up, you weren't taking them XYZ. And see, that that that's when you're processing it unhealthily. You're processing giving care as a penalty. You're processing it as having the honor of caring for your parents as a punishment. That is absolutely wrong. If you are a caregiver, 
You know, go ahead and process. This is my honor, my honor, you know, to, to, to cook and take food for them, to do whatever they to do whatever they needed me to do. Why? Because when I was younger, they did whatever they needed to do to make sure I was okay. So it was my honor. And I know I was I had a plethora of things to do. I'm talking about I had a lot of things to do. And but when they come calling, you know, there was a couple of weeks that I got so busy I wasn't able to go see my mom. And she would text me, Your mama still lives where she used to, I ain't moved. <laughs> come by and see your mama. And all she wanted, all she wanted was to see my face. That's it. That's all she wanted to do. You know. Whenever I would go out of town, I would tell her where I was. I would tell her, you know, make sure if you need anything, I got these people watching out. But when I got back, one of the first things I did was go by the house, check on her so she could see my face. Right? I would go by the house and hear my daddy say, okay, well, all right. Yeah, that, that they were good Sunday. They, they were good Sunday. But you, you can't miss too many Sundays now. <laughs> my dad was like, mm-mm, don't miss too many Sundays because I, I want to hear you. I want to hear my pastor. I want to hear my son. <laughs> That's my dad. Because every Monday morning, he's going to call me. You see, that even though my brothers didn't have the opportunity to have that, I can't use my, you know, that against them. Y'all wouldn't, you was doing what you want. Come on. That negates the intention. That negates the purity. That negates the love that I have. The honor. If you're going to use it against them. To say, I gave up my life. Okay, all right, okay. Well, then guess what? You had the wrong motives. But how can you say that that was my parents? Like I'm saying it right now, you had the wrong motives. You had the wrong motives. If you were caring for your parents and now your parents are gone and then you're using it as something to, to use against your brothers and sisters or siblings. Ah, nah, yeah, uh, my, they, my life was put on hold. No, no, no. My life wasn't put on hold. It wasn't. I wrote books. I did albums. I preached. I traveled. I enrolled in school. That, no. No, 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 no. My life was not put on hold. Like I said, it was an honor. It was an honor to, that if I had something to do and, sh and my mom needed me to do something immediately, it was an honor for me to call the other person, hey, yo, I got to go check on my mom. She needs something from me. I, didn't, I wasn't mad about it. No, I want to see you make sure she's okay. So I can't use that. See, I think what sometimes grief can cause you to, to become a witch if you're not careful. It can cause you to become a bitter person. If you're not careful, I'm talking to somebody. Yeah, yeah, you over there in the back trying not to listen to me. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you can't use caregiving of your parents as a tool later to make it seem like you are the best child or you're the better child because you did what you made a decision. It was a decision. It was a decision that I made. They weren't thrown on me. I had the proximity to do it. They were about 20 minutes from me, you know? And that's that maybe that might be the struggle with you maybe moving on, moving forward. You gotta let listen. You did the best you could. It was an honor. And now it's like my mom and dad gave me the 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 the, the part of my life that was dedicated to them, gave it to me back. That's what they did. They gave me back that portion of life that I had dedicated to them to take care of them. 
I'm not mad about that. I'm not upset about it at all. It was the greatest privilege of a child. It was the greatest privilege as a son for me. Now, I know I can only speak for myself. I get it. But the reality is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It, I, I, it was my decision. So now I graduate this coming new year, you know, with my de- another degree. I graduate. Neither one of them will be there with me in presence, but they are with me in spirit cheering me on. It was my mother that encouraged me to go, uh, go to seminary, go back to seminary. It was my mom that said, hey, go do it because you know you've always wanted to. You know you've always wanted to, right? And and I, I I always have. I wanted to, you know, but the timing just seemed. But she's like, go ahead, dedicate these three years, dedicate that, you know, go ahead. My mom and I listened to her because my mom wanted to be a PhD. She wanted to get her doctorate degree, and she started on it and gained it at seventy two years old. So I'm like, yo, if it's anybody who can tell me, go ahead and do it. It's got to be her, you know. So. Uh, you you find you mind the moments and you you get in there and you say hey they will want me to keep on living and I want to stress to each and every one of you who is who are listening to me this morning that yeah that 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 you have a choice to make now you can stay bitter you can stay I I mean yes do I wish I I could go and open that door and she would be sitting in her chair yes I do. Yes, I do. I wish I could go and see her sitting in that chair drinking some tea or her international coffees. I wish I could go to the backyard and see my dad potting plants that are still there, by the way, right? I wish I could, but that's a part of it. But am I bitter? Am I mad? Am I angry? No. I have a memory. Yeah, I have a memory as I move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I have a memory as I move forward. I'm not just sitting in the in that in 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 the in, in their house, you know, walking around the room, checking on the house, flushing the toilets. I'm not doing that mad at anybody, upset with God. No, I'm not, absolutely not. I am not. They knew what they were living for. They knew what they were living toward. They taught us how to live toward the same thing. So, I, like my mom said, if you live right, if you view this correctly then you'll see me one day again in your future. She said, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm in your future. I am not in your past. I was like, whoa, yo, that's the truth. That is the truth, right? And so we have to decide through this time of year to enjoy the joy. I remember, you know, I could be sitting up being upset and your heart broken, but I have too many members. I remember. (laughs) Remember <laughs> when uh, my mom and dad had charged my oldest brother to put out the Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. Well, I don't know what happened. He got the days mixed up, and he put the Christmas out on Dece- uh, Christmas present under the tree on December twenty third instead of December twenty fourth. <laughs> and we would laugh about that. Uh, we we woke up the next morning and. My brother, my baby brother and I, we saw all of these toys and presents under the tree. And I knocked on the mama's door and daddy's door in their room. And they were like, what are you talking about? They came out and he said, this, and Ty was like, this ain't Christmas Eve. He's like, no, this is the 23rd. Oh, well. So we got Christmas early that year. 
man, that was great. That was that was a great time. That was a great time, a whole great time. And so, yeah, you got to make sure you see. I, I remember things like that. I remember uh, uh, through, during the holidays, I had an aunt. Her name was uh, Vernell, and we would always have these big family dinners. And um, all, all my folks could cook. I mean, they could throw down in the kitchen. You know, it was a big event. It was like maybe. And one year, you know, we were waiting. Vernell was supposed to make the macaroni. We, macaroni that year. And you know, macaroni in a black family is something you should not play with. Let me say this: Don't let nobody experiment with the macaroni. It takes it. Listen, it takes a special artesian to make macaroni and cheese. You know, don't, don't mm -mm, ain't no new person. No, nope. we gotta have a taste testing. You gotta bring me over a plate before we get to the holidays. Because if you can't cook, we're gonna literally say, "No, nah, you cups and ice and plastic forks are your specialty." That's what we need you to bring. Don't go, don't go making nothing that got to go in our bodies. No, don't do that because you can't cook. Well, nonetheless, she, she arrived late, my uncle's wife. She arrived late. And I mean, she made this beautiful, I mean, this big pan, a beautiful macaroni. I mean, it was beautiful. And, and you know, we were waiting on it, and we all sat around the table, and uh, it was just kind of, Waiting for this macaroni and cheese, and and everybody is passing big heaps and things. I, I was still in the children's table, and they passed. You know, you brought your plate round, and you got a little scoop of macaroni and cheese, and you sat back down, went back to the kids' table. At that time, and I remember that they started eating that macaroni and cheese, and everybody's face started changing. <laughs> everybody's face started changing. I was like, "Yo, okay, you know." So I get up and I'm looking. I'm like, "What's wrong?" Because I hadn't eaten it yet. So I'm like, my grandmother said, "Girl, what did you put in this macaroni and cheese?" I just saw my mama spitting out the macaroni and cheese in a napkin, in a paper napkin, and everybody's like, "What is going on?" We waited for this mess, and so grandma's like, "What did you put in this macaroni and cheese?" Well, you know, some people when they're cooking mac and cheese for coloring. For coloring, they put mustard in it, a little dash of mustard, so that the yellow and the, you know, mustard has a, a little flavor so you can get a little twang. Uh, if you don't, especially if you don't use sharp, chili, uh, sharp cheddar cheese that will normally give the twang, you know, I think she might have used medium and then used the, the, the mustard to give it a little twang of, of the, that it will be a sharp cheddar. Well, she put too much mustard in there and this beautiful macaroni and cheese Tasted like a fish sandwich with mustard. I mean, it just was a mustard. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is the nastiest thing. I was like, what? She must have put the whole bottle of mustard in the mac and cheese. And everybody's like, don't you ever cook this again. Now, what does this have to do with grieving? Nothing. It's a good moment. It's a funny moment of family. It's a memory. Right. It was where we just and, and we laughed at it. You know, every holiday, my brothers and I would laugh at it. My mom and I, we would laugh at it. And then she brought this ambrosia, you know, this stuff with fruit cocktail, I guess, and uh, coconut flakes. And ain't nobody ever ate that. <laughs> and I can remember my aunt was like, yeah, just bring the just bring the ice and cups. 
be on time, bring the ice cups and some paper plasticware, and you good. We, we got all the cooking. That was the last year she was able. What does that have to do with grieving? What does that have to do with mourning through the holidays? Absolutely nothing. Because it's not about grief. It's about memories. See, grief ain't the only memory you have. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Culture Call? Grief is not, you know, missing them is not the only memory that you have. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, and so that means you can decide. You can decide. Now, whenever my brothers and I get together, we just got together for Thanksgiving, and that was one of the things, you know, we were talking about, you know, who's going to make the mac and cheese? And my daughter, I mean, my daughter can cook that mac and cheese. She can cook it, you know? And, you know, uh, my, my, my wife's mother used to make mac and cheese. My mom used to make mac and cheese, great mac and cheese, all that kind of stuff. But see, there's something about this mac and cheese, right? You got to get it right right? It's memories. It's memories. And those are the things that we utilize as tools to help us through the grief, to help us through mourning, the times when we laughed, the times when we, you know, (laughs) we can look back and reflect and find humor in that moment. You know, we share that with our children. They were like, what? You know, I don't know if they've had any of those funny moments yet in their lives. They might... They, 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 you know, they might not have had that yet, but we share that moment. We share that moment when, when one of my aunts, <laughs> during Christmas, we went to our fam- the family house in our little town, Cross, South Carolina, and we went there, and all of us were there, and this, this woman of God gave us, for Christmas, old toys that our children had. She gave us toothbrushes wrapped in aluminum foil. You know, like you, you you take your toothbrush and you wrap them in aluminum. We didn't have those little canisters that they had. They wrapped them in aluminum foil for Christmas. And and my, my grandmother and aunt was like, you know, because my grandma was like the head of the family. She's like, yo, no, you brought this for my grandbaby? Y'all leave this mess right here. You're not taking, ain't no gift. What kind of gift is this? My grandma was very outspoken. And my mom, she just laughed. She's like, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe this woman. Uh, It was a Holiday Inn kind of playset kind of situation that her children had already played with. And she was like, it's still good. You know, I'm like, we're supposed to put these toothbrushes in our mouth? Are you serious? And we look back on it and laugh. My brothers and I, we still laugh about that today. What is that? What does that have to do with grief and mourning? Bishop, you're not that. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the choice of a memory to celebrate, to create humor, to consistently promote the joy, which simply means that if I can choose, you can choose. We've got stories of millions. It's not just it's not just death. It's not just the passings. Yes, they are there in your memories as well. But to be able to navigate life and to continue to live and to continue to embrace new moments, you can pull out of your history, you can pull out of your memories a joyous moment, a funny moment that has absolutely nothing 
and 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 in the context of the conversation that has absolutely nothing to do with the graveyard has nothing to do with the funeral has nothing to do with no absolutely not you know i mean i've even got stories funny from funerals hilarious i grew up in a hilarious family and i know you did as well but you have to make a decision you have to choose what side of the memories are you going to live on let me say this again. What size side of your memories will you decide to live on? Yeah. What side? Because I think that's important. I decide to live. Oh, I mean, my thing is I decide uh, to, to, to live on the happy side, the funny side. I have to decide to live on the funny side of it. Because I, I have, yeah. My mom and I would sit there and we would talk about things that were going on. I don't know, my aunt would call her, who wasn't even in cross. They would all pass out the news and she would say, you remember so-and-so? Or you remember this? And she would tell me this person and, and all of that. She got fascinated with our family tree in her later life. She got fascinated with trying to figure out where her grandparents and her great-grandparents and her great-great-grandparents came from. And so she would say, hey, come on over. I got something. I found something that I want you to see. And she would find, you know, the, the birth certificate. She would find certain things and uh, show me. She would find, you know, where my great, great, great grandparents were sold into slavery. And they, she found the bill of sale for them. And she said, look at this. Look at this. Isn't this amazing? And I was like, yo, that was powerful. That was something. And she kept saying, hey, don't ever forget where you come from. Don't ever forget. She says, when I saw that and I know this person and it showed how many kids they had, showed what ages they were. She found old census. Right. She found all of that. That was. Yeah. Those are the things I choose to remember. And though. See, you right now, you've got to figure out what are you going to choose to remember? What are you going to choose to remember? I could remember. I could remember the day of her funeral, the day of my dad's funeral. I could remember the days when we put them in the ground in the cemetery. I could remember all of that. I could choose to remember my tears and, and our, my brothers and all of that, my family. I could choose to remember that. And that could be a daily recycle in my mind. But guess what? There are too many good, good memories for me to just allow that one thing to be a part of my life, to be a part of my memory, to, to, to be a part of my existence. The way that I move on, I tell people, is I remember the good times. And woe be unto you if you have no good times. Then if you have had, if you had no good times with the loved ones you lost, then I don't know if they're loved ones. Because all the loved ones that I've lost, I've had good times. I recently lost my uncle not too long ago. And I'm telling you, the hilarity there we used to have, right? Nobody could talk as fast as him. Nobody could sing like him. We just, I mean, he cracking jokes. Every time we knew when Uncle David was coming around, we were going to have a good time. That's what we do. That's what we do. And it's it, that, that making it through the season and making making a decision to move beyond the grief in the morning because I choose to have great memories and push in the memories that I want to is not a bad thing.
is something that will help us make it through these holiday seasons. Absolutely. Listen, this is yours truly, Elspeth Smith, right here on the Culture Call. Praise 93.3, your inspiration station. Got a little bit more to go, but I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. Back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith on Praise 93.3 FM. Y'all been enjoying the day. I know it. It's a beautiful day right here. And we are talking about making the decision, yeah, to make it through the holidays, uh, or make it through grief in the holidays. That's right. We make a choice. You got to decide. And uh, I believe that we've had in the last segment, I just wanted you to understand the importance of you being able to say, hey, I choose to have good memories. I choose not to sit there and just think about the missingness and the longingness to have them there. Because if you can get up in a cycle of that, and that can cause and create depression and, 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 and things of that nature. I believe that we are able in those moments to even heal ourselves. We can begin to do the work within our own souls and spirits that will help us move beyond uh, those moments. And here's the way that we do that, that our minds are, are so geniusly wired by God to create what is called memories. And we can choose which memory we decide uh, to, to live with and to move forward with. I think that's important, that, that we don't simply negate and relieve ourselves in the imprisonment of moment of tears and pain and suffering and, and grief and all that that we have the ability to project and ability to, to pull out and, and decide what we're going to remember and how we're going to fuel ourselves to get through the moments that may be challenging in our own lives, you know? And I, I want to share that because many of you, under the sound of my voice, this time of year is not a happy time. I get it. This is... This is not a, you know, um, a time in which, you know, especially if you've lost someone, it's not a time that you're feeling particularly joy to the worldish. <laughs> you know, I get it. That you don't feel like singing jingle bells, you know, all those different kinds of things. I, I get it. I, I promise you. And uh, that's natural. First of all, I'm never going to tell you that. Missing somebody and mourning someone is not natural. That that will be a, a you know that will be a way of looking at life from a very you know disadvantageous perspective. That you can look at life from the the guise and through the lens of joy and celebration, as opposed to the bad things that have happened to me. I will to bless the Lord. I will to, to think joyous thoughts. I will, as Paul said to the Philippian church, to whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything that is praiseworthy, to think on these things. Uh, that, that's, I, I think that's important. And so we have to will ourselves and to decide ourselves to be better. Yeah, that's what I believe. I, I believe that that's, our, that's where we have to be in this season, you know? And yes, 
Sometimes memories, the sad and the joy will intersect. Sometimes the good moments and the bad moments will, they will find a way to be, you know, uh, you know, to run sometimes adjacent to each other, you know? That, that the pain that I feel or uh, felt in that moment of loss and the joy that I am currently feel sometimes will find its way becoming perpendicular in our lives and, and creating this moment of, of tremendous intersection. I get it. But here's what you got to do is decide, you know, to decide on behalf of you and on behalf of the people who you believe that loved you. Would they simply and solitarily want you to be in this moment, in, you know, pain in this moment? Would they want you to just sit there and lament? Would they want you to get around November and December and Mother's Day and Father's Day around birthdays? Would that person want you to sit and get in despair and depression? Or would they want you to decide to live your best life? Would they want you to get off of that, that, that you know, that wheelhouse of discouragement, that wheelhouse of, you know, I miss them so much. Because that can be a reality, but you can still celebrate. You can still celebrate that, you know? That their absence is so valuable because their presence was so, you know, was so priceless. Yeah. Yeah. That that absence means something because their presence meant something. And I think that's something that we need to think about. I think that's something that we need to, to always, you know, reflect upon. That, yeah, I'm feeling this, this moment, and it, and it stings sometimes, you know. All of those things, yeah, that's natural. Because the, I think the moment that you think it's unnatural is the moment that you will treat it and allow it to run your life. When you don't think that that the sadness around that time or the 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 you know the painful experience uh, or the painful memories of that experience around that that this time is not natural, then you will treat it as an outlier or something that has come to attack you or an enemy of your life. When in fact, it's not. It's a friend. It's a friend. How can you say it's a friend? Tears are running down my eyes. How can you say? It's a friend where my heart is heavy. Well, because that absence also gives you the opportunity to remember a presence that literally blessed your life, that literally shaped your life, that had a big and major part in who you are now. Absolutely. That you and I have been given an invitation to remember, not because they're not just their passing. They're also their living. Yeah, they're also the life that they live. They're also the, the, the interactions that you have. They're also the presence and the marks that they made in your life. They're, they're, it's not just one thing. And as I say, that if you don't have any of those things, then I don't know if they were a loved one. If all they created was hurt and pain and no good times, then they were not a loved one. That, that, that's a term, term you're losing, using, but the, yeah. They were not a loved one. And so you really then owe no kind of penance to them to be around this moment and not move forward and live. Shed your skin and find an opportunity 
to live, right? But if you love them, surely you created some great moments. Surely, you know, I think about my sister and, you know, I could dwell on the moments of her passing around this time of year. She passed away around this time of year in January, you know, I could think about that or I could think about all the, that she was an incredible singer, incredible musician with her voice, uh, incredible administrator. I could think about all of the crazy conversations we would have and how she protected me and how she, she was an incredible cook and all that. I choose to think about that. Absolutely. I will not diminish who she is to me in just this one moment. And I want to challenge us. I want to challenge all of us, Culture Call, to embrace this moment. It may be tearful sometimes. That's a part of it. It may, it may cause you some moments where you have to just shake your head and just say, mm, I sure do miss them. That's natural. But what we cannot allow it to do, and what as long as I'm on the air and we're talking about the subject, what we cannot allow it to do is mire you and bog you down in living. And yeah, it cannot, you know, it cannot just keep you stuck in one phase and rob from you the literal joy of the moment that you have to embrace to remember them and reflect upon them all of the great things, all of the good things. You know? That's 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 important. Yeah, that's important. And I know you might not be able to hear it right now, but go ahead, download this podcast, download and listen to it again. I'm challenging you. I'm sending out a challenge to all of you who are under the sound of my voice. That it only gets better when you choose and decide to bring to your mind the memories. Right? This I will recall to my mind, therefore, I will have hope. I will have expectation. I will know that this ain't the only moment. Right? That your mind is, it doesn't just remember bad things and bitter things and burdensome things. No, your mind can also remember happy times and joyous times and blessed times. Yeah, it can all call to the forefront, right? You know, I've got in my office, I have my mom's pictures, my daddy's pictures. I got all those things up. I've got all, you know, most of the uh, uh, family albums and I look at them and I'm like, man, I remember that. I remember that. And I laugh because I remember, the, I remember the time that this was around. I remember the times that we had, you know? And I choose to make a decision to say, man, those were some good days. But I'm hoping, here's my hope, that while I'm so busy living in the past, that I am able to have that same time that my kids have uh, uh, photos and pictures that, that, you know, when that day comes way in the future that they will have something to look back on and say, man, we had a good time. Man, I had the best parents in the world. Yeah. Something that they can show their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, their kids that says, yeah, man, I remember when this happened. I remember when that happened. Yeah. 
That's what that's what life is all about. That's what it's all about. It's making that decision to keep on living. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge each and every one of you that find yourself in a very sad time this time of year or any kind of celebratory time of year. Choose to keep on living. That's it. It's a choice. Decide. I'm going to shed the skin of this moment and keep on living. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now, life is going to life. Things are going to happen. And, and yeah. I think that's very important. And if you don't get that, if you don't get that, then you have missed the entire purpose of life. Yeah. You have missed the entire purpose for why God put you on this planet to be a human being. Yeah. You've forgotten how to navigate this thing, understanding that everything that has happened to me didn't feel good, but it's working for my good. You've forgotten that weeping may endure, but joy will. Weeping may, but joy will. See, in a great house, weeping don't have the key. You have to open up the door to weeping. But joy has the key. Joy will. Joy has the key to the front door. So that means joy is there, but you got to let the door open for weeping and grief and mourning. Yeah, because you're messing up your entire moment. Decide today to live your best life and to take those memories and move forward, to take those memories and smile, take those memories and create memories. (laughs) Absolutely, take those memories and create memories that are lasting, that you have something to hold on to. Yeah, and that people have memories to hold on to you with, right? Absolutely, get out there and live your best life. Listen, I see the runway. It's almost time for another, the end of another broadcast. But guess what? Keep it right here. This is the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspin Smith, right here on your inspiration station. That's right. Praise 93.3 FM. Don't turn that dial. Stay right here. Don't miss it. This is the world premiere. What an amazing day this has been on the Culture Call right here. With yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, I'm telling you, we've had an amazing day about with an amazing subject. I know it was a little something, but I've got to challenge you. i got to challenge you to make a decision to live. i got to challenge you to not get stuck. Do not get stuck. And uh, in this situation of grief and mourning, I'm telling you, every day it's a decision for me. Every day, you know. Um, this has just been the first year, uh, and, and every day I make a decision to honor. I make a decision to have a great memory. Uh, there are times when my mind says, takes me back to certain places and events and things of that nature, but I, I decide not to stay there long. That exactly. I decide now I can hear my mom like, don't you stay there too long. Don't you? Mm-mm, nope. Uh-uh. I will to be joyous. I will to be laughing. I will to be doing 
all that, you know, that will make her smile. My dad smile. Boy, my dad be like, you a bad boy. I'm like, yo, I'm your son. He said, well, I know that, but I need to tell you, you a bad boy. I don't care what nobody else say. You know, he said, man, you don't, you engage these folks a reason not to like you. I said, dad, what I do? He said, because you're just being you. And that was his thing for me. Just be you. Just be who L. Spencer Smith. Be Leonard Spencer Smith. That's all you can be. Be my son. Be everything God called you to be. They'll get over it, and if they don't, they'll be okay. That, that, my dad will always tell me, be you. Don't change you to accommodate them. Let me say it again. Don't change you to accommodate them. And that has always been powerful in my life. Listen, you got to decide to have joy. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that you've already, as we've been talking today, wherever you are, maybe you're caregiving right now. Well, guess what? Choose to create memories as long as you can. That's right. Maybe you just recently lost someone or you've just been on a constant journey. Choose and decide to remember the great things, to remember the things that made you smile about mama and daddy, about your child. Choose those things. It's important. Because if you don't, you'll end up year after year and you'll look back and you'll be old and gray and all you've done was decided to be sad. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm challenging you to decide to allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. That's good, ain't it? Yeah. Choose and decide to let the joy of the Lord be your strength through any through, the, through the season, right? Listen, time for me to go, but as my grandma and my mama would say, I love your bushel, I love your peck, and I love your hug around the neck. Listen, keep it right here on your inspiration station, 93.3. That's right. Praise 93.3. We'll be back tomorrow on the Culture Call at 10 a.m. with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. Listen, do good, be good, love good, love hard, and be at peace. Y'all have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless.